Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin. I am here with Rob. Rob's on the phone. Actually, we were supposed to be in person today, but Rob injured himself. Rob, how, how are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, man. It was. Uh, it felt like a pretty soft injury, but we'll see how serious it ends up being. Uh, but I'm good, man. Instead of at my desk, I'm on the couch. I got my leg propped up on a pillow. Nice. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll give you an guys an update in a week or two have you iced um, it yet iced it this morning mm-hmm. uh you know got to get some advil in the system you know hopefully stop some swelling so <laughs> we'll see how it goes okay good <laughs> all right well keep us updated we want to make sure you're good to go when um for football games next season are we this we didn't plan about talking about this but do you think we're gonna have actual like can we go to football games next season I mean, that's the hope, right? Like, I feel like you got to have at least some, uh, like, attendance there. Like, the spring game next weekend, I don't know, like, how – they haven't said how many people they're going to let into the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, they're letting people in the stadium. So, yeah, hopefully, that's, they, like, a good sign. They didn't say, like, a cap or anything on that. Yeah, so they're going to put people in, like, groups of two. And I'm sure, like, the seats will be socially distanced and uh-huh. what have you. But, like – yeah, they didn't put a cap on it necessarily. My so guess it might just be Virginia rules, but I don't yeah. know. My guess is it won't be too crowded because it never is. So oh yeah, I'm guessing restrictions it, are not. We don't go to spring games. I'm, ge- I'm guessing it won't be a problem. <laughs> That's my guess. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. We're no Alabama. No in the sense of breaking fans out for the spring game. No, I even know. though. You know, pending what happens with my ankle, I'm going to try to get down there. So Nice. TBD. TBD. <laughs> um, have you watched any of the other spring games, like on ACC Network? Yeah, you know, I've actually seen a couple. Um, I saw bits of Miami's. I saw bits of UNC's. Uh-huh. Um, I was telling you, not ACC football, but I did my share – did a fair share of watching some FCS playoff action yesterday, which is actually oh, pretty yeah. fun. So we're scratching the itch where we can. That's good. Yeah. Too bad we don't have the um, the what was it called? The was it the the XFL. XFL. Yeah. yeah, dude. I would have loved for some Cardale Jones this spring. <laughs> dude, yeah, those are actually good games too. But too bad they didn't survive COVID. Not yeah. really that surprising, but. You know, you know they've they've tried to make a spring football league for like three decades. Yeah, none of them have worked. But no, XFL I feel I, like was close. XFL had some support, like people wanted to buy in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe if COVID doesn't happen, it's a different story. Yeah, a whole different world we're living in. I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never know. But speaking of football, I think we're going to talk a lot of football today. Uh, Rob's got some updates for us, and I will be listening along and probably throwing in some some of my thoughts and opinions where they matter and then at the end we're actually going to talk about some rule changes that are being proposed next year for NCAA basketball they're not like they're not happening necessarily but they're being talked about happening so that'll be fun and we'll talk about that at the end probably but before we do that we do want to talk about our sponsors from bet on 
line. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now on pro basketball and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.ag has all the betting action. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, BetOnline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, BetOnline has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup, BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates. It is the place to be for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in all of your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with Bet Online. We are also sponsored by Locker Room. Locker Room is a free audio-only social media platform for sports fans. You can start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, and react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. You can talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, executives in real time, and uh, at some point, probably when games start like football games next year maybe or like if if uh uva does well maybe in the lacrosse tournament we might host some live rooms but you can follow rob and i at guys and ties on locker room so all you need to do is download the locker room app for free create a profile link your twitter and join UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Go ahead and start talking. <laughs> so, Rob, you you want to talk about some football updates? What are what are some things going on? Any news happening in football right now? Yeah. So, you know, timestamp this. We're recording on um, Sunday, April twenty fifth, and the big news yesterday, you know, which Bronco tweeted out the bat signal before I was even out of bed, was <laughs> the addition of a new transfer, uh-huh. um, and that's Josh Hayes out of North Dakota State. Um, so he's a cornerback and, you know, out of no surprise, um, you know, just looking at the roster and looking at how they constructed this, um, you know, the staff still felt they needed help in the secondary and the secondary was definitely the weak point of the team last year. And, you know, to kind of bridge that Joey Blunt is back as a super senior, Mm -hmm. um, is what they're calling it when they're, um, you know, coming back for their extra year due to COVID because uh because last year's uh eligibility didn't count exactly okay so you know three of this uh what i think it's seven or eight guys uva mm-hmm. are bringing back as super seniors three of them are in the secondary so joey blunt and Devonte cross who's you know at least is supposed to play safety this year which i think will be a much better fit for him um mm-hmm. so those are your two presumed starters in the at safety and then at cornerback you know you have uh Nick Grant, who's coming back for what will be his sixth year. And then uh, Darius Brown, who would be a fifth-year senior regardless. And they bring in two transfers. One has uh, already been brought in, is participating in spring ball, and that's Anthony Johnson out of Louisville. And now they bring in another grad transfer corner, this being Josh Hayes, who committed yesterday um, out of North Dakota State. So what does that tell us? That means of probably our top – you know, I just named six guys in the secondary. They're all seniors. And out of all those seniors, only one of them, Darius Braden, was actually, you know, projected to be in Charlottesville this year. The others were the result of transfer and the new NCAA eligibility rules as a result of COVID. So um, we can talk about Josh Hayes here in a sec, but I think it's a very strong signal that this staff did not feel the guys you know, the underclassmen necessarily were ready to step into a bigger role. And mm-hmm. I think it says a lot that, you know, they made such an effort this uh, spring and bringing in these transfers and bringing back, you know, guys like Blunt, Grant, and Cross. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point because, you know, they not only did the super seniors have the option to come back, but they actually went looking for other people. So that's kind of telling. It is, is that more of a recruiting issue or do you think that that's more of a 
these guys didn't really develop as we thought they might? Um, you know, a little bit of both. And I think some of it too is just, um, you know, just a secondary that struggled last year. And I think, you know, individually these players are kind of like eager to prove, you know, people wrong as well. Cause I mean, think about it. Like the secondary was like really pretty good. The first couple of years of Broncos tenure, like mm-hmm. Bryce Hall, Juan Thornhill, Quinn Blanding. Yeah. Really um, the strength Tim of Harris. the, really the strength of the team for sure. Yeah. And you know, unfortunately it just kind of fell apart, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, the past call it year and a half really starting with uh Bryce's Hall's injury unfortunately um in that Miami game 2019 so yeah I mean there's a lot of factors at play here and you know some guys that they were really hopeful to that could eventually step into bigger roles you know think of a Jalen Baker Jalen Baker's moved to wide receiver so you know he's not really even on the table anymore and you also have to think about it too some of these younger guys some of them are hurt this spring. So two guys that I'm really high on, um, Elijah Gaines and Donovan Johnson, they're both hurt. Um, so they're not playing this spring. Yeah. You know, Dave Harrard, a freshman corner, uh, he missed last year with a torn ACL. So now he's a redshirt uh, freshman this coming year. So I think they're looking at this as a way to bridge the gap. And, you know, you got the signaling effect with the super seniors. You got the signaling effect again with Anthony Johnson. And now you bring in Josh Hayes, and it's pretty clear that, you know, Virginia still felt they needed help in the secondary, which, you know, kudos to the staff for addressing. But I also think, like, it's just something to talk about, right? Like, they clearly thought this was a huge position of need coming into the season. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, last year, I feel like we just got torched in some games. You know, because our front seven, I feel like, was pretty good. Honestly, probably the strength of this team along with along with I think the offensive line was pretty good too last year, but like the front seven was really good, especially the linebacker position. But with the secondary, people would could just throw over that. So do you think this is gonna be a improvement to our secondary, or do you think that there's still you know, we gotta see what happens? Because like we bring every we bring a lot of people back, but they weren't necessarily they didn't perform that well, and I know there's a lot of injuries and COVID protocols too last year, so they didn't play a ton. But do you think that this is an improvement? Yeah, I mean, you hope it's an improvement at least. And I mean, on paper, it should be. You mm-hmm. know, Devontae Cross moves back to safety, and he played safety in the first half of 2019, yeah. um, really before Bryce Hall got hurt. And, you know, I don't think he was an All-American back there, but I think he was serviceable. So I'm excited to see him back there. And, um, you know, hopefully it's just a more natural fit. You know, Joey Blunt, again, Joey Blunt looked pretty good in, um, you know, 2019, that secondary. But, you know, he's never really had – in fact, he's never actually has had a healthy offseason. He's always recovering from surgeries in the offseason. So this is his first healthy spring practice. So – um you know, hopefully he's able to actually add more weight than he's typically able to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, look at Darius Braden. Darius Braden is a guy that, again, going back to 2018, so you have to go back a little bit farther, but him and Tim Harris were battling for that starting corner job. Mm-hmm. And Darius Braden started five games as a sophomore and before Tim Harris took over. And, you know, Braden has a guy who came in with expectations, uh, but unfortunately tore his ACL, so missed uh missed the 2019 season and just really wasn't the same a year afterwards in 2020 but reports are he's done better mm-hmm. um this spring and then you know finally um you know bronco kind of addressed what he thought was a structural problem you know uh nick Howell was defensive coordinator but he also coached the entire secondary and what they did is they changed the coaching staff around mm-hmm. so now nick Howell um is basically just defensive coordinator. He's not really focusing on any position units. And then they move Ricky Brumfield to cornerbacks and mm-hmm. they shift uh, Shane Hunter back from inside linebacker to uh, safeties. So now like you have two position coaches for the secondary and neither of them, I guess Ricky Brumfield is still focused on special teams, but Nick Howell is even higher up, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. he's uh, looking at things a bit higher in the sky. Um, so, you know, they've done a lot to address it, you know, both through transfers, through position changes and through coaching staff changes. So, you know, we'll see if it works out. But I don't know. I mean, 
I guess you can't fault the staff for trying to at least fix the problem. Yeah, I agree. Uh, another not problem that, but it is a problem now that we might have to fix is uh, Lavelle Davis uh, had a really great freshman season. Unfortunately, he got injured in spring training. Uh, I think it was his ACL that he am I is that right? Yeah, ACL. Yep, it was ACL. Um, and you know that's not uncommon for really tall football players like him that's probably one of the more common injuries but where does UVA go from here I mean I know we have some other wide receivers who are looking to step up but you know I think losing Lavelle Davis is a huge huge bummer yeah I mean 100% I mean what he's six foot seven and yeah you know the even worse part maybe than the fact that um it was an ACL injury was the fact that it was the same ACL that he actually tore in high school. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Bronco optimistically said like, Hey, maybe he's back by November um, when he announced that injury along with uh, Chico Bennett, the transfer from Georgia tech. He also tore his ACL. It was announced. Um, But you know, that seems pretty optimistic as far as a recovery timeline, Mm -hmm. admittedly. So yeah, you're right. You know, we look at this receiver room and it's a bit different now because I think before, you know, there was, you know, there was some hope with this receiver room. I wouldn't say it's necessarily proven by any stretch, but you had a lot of potential. You know, you had um, Lavelle Davis, Mm -hmm. who's coming off of a great freshman year. Uh, You have Dontavian Wicks, who's returning from injury, who I think was everyone's breakout candidate last year. You have Billy Kemp, who's very solid in the slot. And then, hey, we have maybe Rashawn Henry, who's another one of those super seniors. Maybe he can do more this year. He's apparently had a terrific spring. Um, and again, this is his first spring in the program. Um, yeah. You know, a guy like uh, Nathaniel Beal was coming off an ACL injury. Maybe he's able to play more. Um, you know, and then you also have Keaton Thompson. You know, how does he fit into the equation in this slash role? So there was a lot of potential. And I think there's still a decent amount of potential there. But, you know, as crazy as it sounds, you know, true sophomore Lavelle Davis, aside from Billy Kemp, was probably the most proven player in that room, which just makes it disappointing to see him go down because he really does provide a big play potential. You know, he averaged over 20 yards a catch. Yeah. And, and you know, he, of course, yeah, it was like a throw it up and let him go get it kind of situation. And I feel like Brennan Armstrong and him, you know, they had some moments for sure, especially in the middle of the season after the first couple of games. You know, I feel like there's a couple times early in the season where Brennan just just missed him a little bit uh, on a deep ball. And then there was a couple games where he he just went off and he was one of the best in the country at, at, in terms of yards per reception. And I don't know if he I don't think he qualified for like any any awards or, you know, national recognition because he didn't have that many catches but because he was injured and, and uh, sick I think for a lot of the year yeah but, you I know, think he missed one or two games with COVID yeah too. and so just missing you know but like we could all see the the potential there but with him being out you know it begs the question of who's going to be that long that long ball kind of threat uh also a huge end zone target you know he had how many I feel like he had like six touchdowns i don't i actually have no idea yeah we should have pulled the stats up it he was had a couple a, though it was a lot <laughs> he had two his first game yeah it was a lot and i just you know it, it's it's tough to because you know that's never something you want to hear and you just you know hopefully he can come back and you know get his knee fixed and you know uh ha, you know get his get his game back on but you know, you never know with with injuries like that how long it's going to take. Some people come can come back really quickly, but with the same knee being hurt two times, it makes me feel like it's going to be a tougher recovery for him. Yeah. So stats on the season while well, we have them, uh, uh, twenty receptions, five hundred fifteen yards. Um, so that's a twenty five point seven five yards per catch average. Uh-huh. Um five touchdowns and eight games last year. So he missed two games mm-hmm. um, due to injuries and COVID and what have you. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, no, I mean, that's not easy production to replace. And, you know, he really was, um, you know, he really became a key target for us because this is a team that now from last year, the passing attack wasn't great last year, but it came along as the season went on. Um, but, you know, you lose Terrell Janna, who didn't have a wow you type season last year, mm-hmm. but, you know, those are still 36 catches, 423 yards to replace. Um, you lose Tony Poljan who's hopefully will make it in the NFL. That's 38 catches, 411 yards. Uh, you know, hopefully Poljan is his production would be replaced by the new transfer from Oklahoma state. Mm-hmm. Um, Jelani Woods, he's apparently had a terrific spring. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's more production to replace now. And I think out of those guys that we talked about, you know, Lavelle Davis just adds that big body. And, you know, I think Dontavian Wicks can certainly fill that role if he's healthy this year, but mm-hmm. You know, kind of how Broncos said, you go from the idea of having Wicks and Lavelle Davis to just having Wicks. And, you know, the year before you went from the idea of having, um, it was the opposite, right? You, mm-hmm. you wanted Lavelle Davis and Wicks and you only get Davis. So um, it's, it's definitely a bit disappointing. Yeah. Now, so one of the things I think a lot of the coaches mentioned is that uh, Keaton Thompson could definitely see more roles at wide receiver. Um do, do you think that that's something that they're going to do or are they going to keep him more in the backfield? Like, especially with Davis going down. Yeah. You know, like he's definitely like one of the more intriguing guys to watch and, you know, Virginia sports, they put out like just like the 60 second highlight clips every now and then from spring practice. Mm-hmm. You actually see Keaton Thompson catching a lot of balls. Um, I would guess that Keaton Thompson has a bigger role more as a rusher kind of similar to what he had last year whether yeah. that's out of um, you know wildcat formations whether that's with him on a sweep um and you know his shoulder is healthier this year still mm-hmm. not healthy enough to play quarterback full time but healthy enough where he's more of a threat to throw the ball mm-hmm. um so you know i think that's also in the cards potentially as well as having him as you know a passing option whether it's on a reverse or out of the wildcat, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't think it necessarily changes his role too much. I think the biggest thing it does is it probably puts a little more pressure on Rashawn Henry. Mm-hmm. So Rashawn Henry, FCS transfer out of St. Francis, played last year, uh, you know, crazy last year. He had uh, seven catches for 260. Four of those seven catches were touchdowns. Yeah. So talk about having a average even higher than Liddell Davis's extremely small sample size, but Rashawn Henry averaged 29 yards per catch while Davis averaged 26. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the production we got out of Lavelle Davis last year, I think they're really going to look at Rashawn Henry to try to fill that role. Yeah. You know, he was extremely productive at the FCS level, mm-hmm. but I think this is his year to kind of show, Hey, I can do this at the ATC level too. Yeah. I think going back to Keaton Thompson real quick, I, I like what you said about, you know, he his rushing was incredible. He averaged 6 yards a rush on 39 attempts, 236 yard or 234 yards, 3 touchdowns. His receiving, he only caught uh 7 passes, but he had 98 yards, that's 14 yards a catch and 3 touchdowns on 7 catches. So I feel like we could use his skills and, and if he's going to be used that way and as you said the wildcat or in a, you know, kind of tricky slip out of the backfield kind of situation. Um, so that'll be really interesting to see. Uh, Rob, is there anything else uh, football related that we need to know? <laughs> I mean, we could talk all day if we wanted to. We got, <laughs> we got the whole spring to catch up on here. Yeah. Um, you know, I think another intriguing battle that probably bears mentioning is at running back. And, you know, as we kind of talked about, at the beginning of the episode, um, the spring game is next weekend. It's next Saturday. So, you know, depending on how my ankle starts looking, I'm going to try my best to get down there. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll get kind of a glimpse into how this is all shaping up next weekend. So another area, you know, we talk about the secondary. We talk about wide receivers. Another area I'm really interested to watch is this running back battle mm-hmm. because this is the running back battle that, I've been basically begging for for at least a year, if not two, yeah. is, you know, how do we get more speed on the field? How do we get more dynamic ability on the field? And 
for all the good Wayne Talapapa does, he just doesn't necessarily add that extra, you know, speed or dynamic element to the team when he's on the field. So what we were told at the beginning of spring practice is that Wayne Talapapa was the man to beat. He came Mm -hmm. in, he was as good as he's ever been. And what we were told, you know, a week ago was that this is a dead heat now at the running back battle between Wayne Talapapa, Mike Collins, and Ronnie Walker, the transfer from Indiana, who came in in the middle of last season, or I should say became eligible in the middle of last season. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see how this running back battle shapes up. And similar to last year, where eventually Shane Simpson started getting some carries, Mm -hmm. I think this could be another running back group that, you know, the strength of it could be the fact that there are multiple guys. You know, I know Bronco likes to lean on one guy, um, but hopefully what he showed at the end of last season when he started playing Shane Simpson more is that, you know, we can thrive with multiple running backs in the rotation. So I think it's a really intriguing battle to watch is which of those three, uh, you know, especially considering Mike Collins opted out last year mm-hmm. and also considering Rock from the NCAA last year with when he became eligible. Um, so I, they're basically two new additions to the backfield that I'm really excited to see. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So, uh, you, so right now we have a lot of people last year who were back who had some impressive rushes. Uh, we know uh, we talked about Wayne Telepapa. We've got Ronnie Walker Jr. coming in. Um, of course, Shane Simpson is gone to the NFL. Hopefully, and we have our quarterbacks. Uh, Brennan Armstrong and Keaton Thompson, both of whom uh, averaged over four yards a rush. So where do you, I, I know last year we saw a lot of rushes from Armstrong and Thompson. Do we think that there's going to be, we should expect more of that or is there going to be more of a push towards like a more running back centered focus? You know, at this point, I really don't have, an answer you know i yeah. think i think everyone wants it wants to get the traditional ground game going more mm-hmm. and you know as good as of a runner as bryce perkins was you know jordan ellis also was a thousand yard rusher in 2018 during mm-hmm. that bulk bowl year so there was somewhat of a commitment to the traditional running game then even though there was still a lot of quarterback runs um but after jordan ellis the past two years with wayne talabapa you know, there's really just been way more of an emphasis on the quarterback runs. And I think part of that is just trying to add that dynamic ability to the offense, which, you know, admittedly, Wayne Talapapa doesn't really bring. You know, Bryce Perkins was a much more dynamic runner. Mm. Um, and I'd say Brennan Armstrong is probably even a more dynamic runner. I mean, look at his 60-yard run against Boston College. Yeah. Um, and, you know, over two years as a starter, Wayne Talapapa's long, I think is 31 yards yeah so last year actually i (laughs) I remember this distinctly because i wrote about this um last year his long was 19 yards and in 2019 his long was 31 yards and it was his only run that was longer than 20 yards yeah so putting two and two together wayne telepapa in two years as a starter has only had one rush that went for more than 20 yards yeah which is kind of crazy to think about but but Um, but super consistent you know, 4.5 yards a carry, five touchdowns. You know, he's pretty, he's more of a goal line back uh, as he was used more last year. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, if you go back and look at the runs that Bryce Perkins had, um, and even Brennan Armstrong, I think the example that stands out the most is Bryce Perkins against Virginia Tech. You know, those two long runs that he Mm -hmm. had at the beginning of the game. Both of those Wayne Talapapa was the lead blocker for. I mean, Wayne yeah. is a terrific blocking back. Um, just doesn't necessarily have that explosive element. So to get back to your question, I think the staff has leaned on these quarterback runs to, you know, kind of take some of the shoulders or sorry, take some of the weight off the shoulders of Wayne Talapapa because they know that, you know, last year there was so little depth. The year before there was so little depth too. And they know they need to add an explosive element. And I think the staff really use quarterbacks that way. I think what's going to be really interesting now is we know what we have in Brennan Armstrong as a quarterback, who's a good runner, but not a great runner like Bryce was. Mm-hmm. But now we know we also have guys like Mike Holland and Ronnie Walker in the mix. 
And if you even want to go further, we have a very upperclassman offensive line and an offensive line that returns every starter last year, except for Dylan Rankinsmeyer. Mm -hmm. And when Dylan Rankinsmeyer went out, Joe Bissinger played. So you're returning in effect, almost every starter from that offensive line last year. So, you know, there's a hope that, Hey, maybe these guys can, you know, maybe this is the group where 2J officially says, you know, I'm here. Like, these are my guys. Like, we're, we're a real offensive line now. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's all those factors that played too. So I would love to say I think the staff will emphasize the traditional run game more. I think the question is really, you know, we've seen two years in a row now they really haven't. So now is enough change for them to kind of reconsider. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens i've got one more question for you uh in terms of positioning and you know the the main the starter for this position is locked down and brennan armstrong but the quarterbacks uh what do we do now that lindell stone is gone and he cannot be the backup the, the like the true backup are we gonna have do you think ira armstead as a like a true number two backup or will keaton thompson be a backup and they'll just do more wildcat with him. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Again, like another great question because that just as it was last year, that spot definitely isn't settled. Um, Uh My guess is that it will be somewhat similar to last year where if there's a multiple game stretch where Brennan is hurt, that they'd probably look to Ira Armstead, Uh Ira Armstead, you know, he was hurt a lot last year. It was his knee. Um, I think it was a meniscus injury, but anyway, he was hurt last year, which is why he didn't play after the first couple of games we saw him in. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a guy that they really want to groom in to be kind of the next Bryce Perkins type player, you know, yeah. really dynamic runner has a little bit of a ways to go as a passer, but he, because of, he doesn't have that shoulder injury that Keaton Thompson has and has, you know, what you would consider to be unlimited reps as a prat as a passer every week in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the hope is that he's able to do more than what Keaton Thompson is able to do. Now, mm-hmm. I think it might be similar to last year though, where let's say Brennan Armstrong goes down mid game. They might put Keaton Thompson back there to, you know, finish the second half or pick up in the second quarter, or whenever it might happen, just because Keaton Thompson will have already been playing, you know, he's probably factored more into the game plan for that week. Um, and that's kind of what we saw a little bit last year too, when, um, you know, Brennan went down and we saw this kind of three headed monster with Keaton and Ira, but, Mm -hmm. you know, my guess is that Ira Armstead, if Brennan Armstrong goes down is the main backup. And, you know, the only other thing we could add to that equation is we are bringing in two quarterbacks in this class, one of which is practicing in spring ball and Jacob Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. So, I wouldn't expect them to factor too much into that equation. I think Rodriguez, a lot of play, a lot of schools recruited him as a linebacker. So I think he still has a interesting. A, yeah, I think he has a bit of a ways to go as far as learning the quarterback position at you know kind of the ACC level. But yeah, I mean, you bring up a great point. Like, you know, the backup quarterback position is definitely a bit unsettled. And I don't know. I mean, do you have a preference as far as who the backup would be? I mean, I would say I would think I would prefer if Ira Armstead took over the reins, and then we still use Keaton Thompson as a as like a utility wide receiver, running back, wildcat hybrid, which I think he was really good at last year in his role. In that, I think especially toward in the middle of the season where we struggled to pass the ball with the with the backups, and we had that kind of three headed monster of quarterbacks playing. Uh, he, three-headed monster is kind. Three-headed, um, uh, small monster. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I mean, just you know, with you know, he he did a really good job of running out of the wildcat position, and it seemed like he got positive yards every time. He only took two yards of uh, loss on rushes last year, uh, in total. There was only a couple rushes where he lost yards. So he's a good runner. He knows how to find the holes. And I, I would I would like to keep him in that position. I, I think personally, I think he does it better in that position. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally with you. And honestly, like for Keaton Thompson's benefit, if he's not able to throw the ball consistently, 
his best path to the NFL is probably in the position we're playing him now. So yeah. I mean, it might be in his best interest to keep playing that position as well. I mean, he could even bulk up and become a tight end kind of situation, you know, like a Logan Thomas. Yeah, exactly. Um, like for the football team, the Washington football team might might That's turn right. them into something else, but. You know, no, you never know, and we'll see what happens when we get there. But I'm excited for this season. I, you know, I keep looking at the schedule. It's a tough schedule. Um, actually, my wedding is in the middle of the season, and that's one of our bye weeks. So, uh, we planned it perfectly, of course. Thank you, Dustin. Yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna have to go to the from the game to the wedding, or we don't have to have it on in the background or anything like that. So. Uh, it'll be perfect. It'll be perfect. But, but I, I'm getting excited. Rob, is there any last thing you want to mention for uh, football this upcoming season? Yeah, you know, we'll have a lot of previews, um, a lot of thoughts to add kind of as we go throughout the offseason because there's still more to come. You know, we're going to have stuff on guys committing to the class of uh, 2022. Mm-hmm. That recruiting aspect will have, you know, the developments out of spring ball, which wraps up next week as well as you know, the transition in the summer camp. So there'll be a lot we'll be able to cover this year, which I'm thrilled to cover after last year, not really being able to do so. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, let's see what happens in the spring game. You know, I'm hopeful they're able to get this on TV, the spring game. I don't understand why it hasn't been as big of a push to do so. Like ACC um, Network has no reason to not show the spring game unless oh, exactly unless there's another spring game that they would rather show. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure Packer well, I mean, and Durham can take it. Like the show ours later, I don't care. I'm sure Packer and Durham can take a day TV. off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Packer and Durham can take a day off, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're excited. You know, I we'll see if we can go down next week and uh, see what it's like. Maybe the weather will be nice. I don't check. Do you check the weather? I don't, I've started checking the weather more as an adult. I never Honestly, used to. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do as an adult now that it's we're still in work from home. Yeah. Um, not really as often. Yeah. But yeah, no, in college, I would, yeah, I've never really even thought about it. It's like I'd open the door and it's raining. But like, oh, I guess I need a problem. Oh, I need a change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we are going to talk about some basketball rule changes. But before we get to that, I do want to talk about our sponsors from Bet Online. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now on pro basketball with the start of Major League and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.ag has all the betting action. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their playoff runs. And if baseball is your first love, BetOnline has you covered. Every sport, every game, every matchup, BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates and is the place to be for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to play to place and check in on all of your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with Bet Online. We are also sponsor- sponsored by Canaan Sunglasses. Your outdoor experiences could be better, clearly better. Canaan Sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japanese optics, Canaan lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses and are nearly impossible to scratch. With frames handcrafted in Italy, Canaan sunglasses elevate your experiences outside with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imagination. Use the exclusive code CANANCAST15 at Canaan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-15. Canaan, clearly better. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. 
CarMax, the way car buying should be. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Rob, do you miss the days where we would do uh, reads for our favorites, Blue Chew or Manscaped? Yes, 100%. <laughs> Those were fun. Uh, it was Do always, it, yeah, it was always fun each week seeing what kind of um, debauchery they would try and get us to read uh, on the podcast. So I, I do miss that. Uh, Canaan is clearly a family friendly company, and I, I do appreciate that because they're not talking about balls or, you know, how we need to clean them. But they are. Well, it was. Go on. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it went from, um, we had like very like, uh, like not naive, but like very like simple ads. And then like Blue Chew came along and like, you knew what Blue Chew was, but it wasn't really in your face about it. Yeah. Manscaped like was in your face about it. <laughs> yeah. Man- Manscaped was, was raunchy. Blue Chew was like <laughs> kind of beating around the bush. There was no, with Manscaped, there was no bush. Uh, at all that, that's right because yeah. you had to shave it but <laughs> but uh you didn't beat around it either so anyway that was <laughs> just some thoughts <laughs> just some th- i wanted to ask because i i always know y- you would laugh during them so i'm glad yeah i had to mute myself i know <laughs> we were doing remote i know i know anyway all right let's talk about basketball now there's no really basketball news going since last week the only thing is that Trey Murphy officially declared for the draft without hiring an agent, so he still has eligibility to come back. Uh, at this point, I don't think we can really take a guess as to what he'll do. Um, I hope he comes back. That's just from a selfish standpoint. Rob, do you have any guesses or anything? From everything I'm reading on the boards and just kind of what you hear through the grapevine, uh-huh. um, it seems to be that it's more likely than not that he stays in the NBA draft. Okay. Now, what does that mean? I don't really know. But um, as far as like percentages go, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I think I think Tony Bennett needs to plan regardless uh, for his absence mm-hmm. with him in the draft. But I think it's like more likely than not that we're not looking at a developmental guy. We're looking at a guy who can come in and play yeah. pretty soon for us next year. Yeah, it seems that way. They're still definitely recruiting like that, and you know we'll see what happens. I mean, hopefully Trey gets you know told good advice from the NBA scouts. I mean, you can look at Mamadi who did that before his senior season, and um, and got got some advice. They told him what he needed to work on. He came back. Uh, did pretty good. Got uh, he didn't get drafted, but he did get a uh, G League contract with. Uh, I think he bounced around a little bit, but then he signed a two way with Milwaukee, and now he's like a little Giannis, and <laughs> and he got a full contract for guaranteed money. So you know, congrats to him for for doing that. But I think there is some something to say about you know getting that feedback, coming back to school, and then showing them what you can do. Yeah, I mean, and obviously, like, Mamadi wasn't drafted. And then, in just, like, a couple months' time, he's on an NBA roster and playing here and there. So I'm really excited for him. I think that's awesome. Yeah, him and then this guy wasn't in a developmental phase or anything. But Anthony Gill starting for the Wizards tonight. uh, I did see that, yeah. Yeah, which is exciting. I don't know what's up with them. They probably have a lot of people hurt. I I don't really keep up with the Wizards at all, but – um, good to see him getting some playing time too, and but let's talk about some rule changes, potential rule changes. So each year there's a list of potential rule changes that come out that the NCAA might do or might not do, and they kind of just tease you with a bunch of like weird stuff that might happen. So you know, think back in the past, the biggest rule changes recently were 
the shot clock going to 30 seconds. That was a while ago, I think. Um, but then the other thing was when you get an offensive rebound, the shot clock only goes to 20 seconds. And I think those are the main ones from recently. Right? Any, can you think of yeah. any others? Those are the two that come to mind for me. Yeah. But um, but there's uh, 13 new rules that they are considering. And a lot of these uh, kind of mimic NBA or other professional league rules. So it might make the game a little bit more interesting. But uh, I think the most interesting ones are uh, changing the limit of fouls from five to six uh, with... I'll, I'm going to put a star next to that one because that one, there's also some um, stipulations with that rule. Uh, the other ones is that they're going to, that they're thinking about is resetting team fouls at the 10 minute mark of each half, uh, which would eliminate the one and one. So instead of having a one and one at seven fouls, you would just do a double bonus on the fifth team foul uh, each 10 minutes. Very similar to the NBA. Uh, the defense would be awarded possession when creating a held ball situation, which I think is interesting as well. Uh, teams would be limited to two timeouts in the last two minutes of the second half or overtime. Which So you can't just like call a timeout. You can't hold on to your timeouts and then call them. So it's like user to lose in the first half, but you would also lose one uh, with two minutes left as well if you had all three. Uh, they would... They're thinking about eliminating the 10-second backcourt rule. They are um, uh, permitting teams to decline free throws in the last two minutes of the last period or any overtime period and elect possession of the ball for a throw-in instead. So instead of shooting free throws, the team could just elect to throw the ball in. I, I think that's a really specific rule. So like, if your team has Shaq on it, that might be like if someone shoots 50% from free throws, that might be why. Um, the other one that's really, really interesting to think about is they're changing the traveling rule, which would allow a player two steps to after they move their pivot foot, which would make the spin move, the euro step, and the step back shot illegal. So I think a lot of these rules are trying to expand the offensive part of the game make it a little bit more interesting, and of course, making it a lot more like um, the NBA. But before we dive in, I do want to explain the six foul rule. Rob, have you looked at this at all or read anything about it? So, yeah, that's what we were saying before we recorded. Um, I had heard this one was on the table, but I didn't know the little caveat I think you're about to share. Yeah, so it's really interesting. So, uh, instead of having five fouls for the whole game, a player can have, uh, there's a six foul rule, but there's some weird things. So a player can't get more than four fouls and a half. If a player gets four, uh, if a player commits more than three fouls and a half, they're disqualified. So they, they foul out, which is really interesting. So you can have three fouls in the first half. And then three fouls in the second half, you'd be disqualified. You'd foul out. If you had four fouls in the first half, you'd foul out. Now, the other interesting thing is that if you had zero fouls in the first half, but then you fouled four times in the second half, you'd also foul out because you can only have, you can't have more than three fouls and a half. So super kind of weird stuff, right? If you had one foul in the first half and then four in the second, you would be disqualified as well because the the rule says that you can't have more than three and a half. So just a kind of weird thing. So it's kind of like the NBA rule of, of six fouls, but they make it so that, you know, it still helps to sit players. And I think generally, you know, it doesn't really make sense to, to um, sit players with two fouls at this point. Right. So I think people a lot of times have been complaining about the, you know, five foul rules because in the first half of a player gets two fouls, like think of Jay Huff in the Ohio game, Jay Huff got two fouls, had to sit. Um, so it wasn't really helpful and he had to sit out for most of the first half, which was no good. Uh, Rob, what do you, what do you think of that rule? And did I explain it? Okay. 
Yeah, no, I, that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, I mean, basically what it does is it eliminates, like you said, like if you get 2,000 in the first half, like keep playing. Like it's no reason to bench a guy until they pick up the third foul. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just resets in the second half. You know, I think some of these are interesting. I mean, some of these, and we should say all of these are proposed. None yeah. of these are have actually been enacted yet or necessarily even will be enacted mm-hmm. um, next year, even in the coming years. But I think it's a good like indication of where um, the game could be heading. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's I, I don't mind the dynamic on the foul rule. I think it is a little dumb, though, just because, you know, currently right now, college basketball allows the same number of fouls per minute as the nba does you know mm-hmm. nba is six fouls and 48 college basketball is five and 40 mm-hmm. um so i think mixing that up is a little bit interesting um you know some of these like declining free throws i don't necessarily like um, yeah because then it's just like all right so we, we don't have to worry about free throws with our big man i mean um, i almost feel like that's more risky in some ways it could be I mean, I guess I mean, it depends, depends on how the team. Bad a free throw shooter we're talking. Yeah, I guess it depends on the team, but I feel like that's a lot of times you're not going to use that. Yeah, no, agree. Um, so some of these, like, you know, I'm not crazy about all of these, honestly, but yeah, I do think it's interesting to kind of take a look at these, and these are things that like I'd read about briefly, like on Twitter, just saw mm-hmm. mentioned on the boards, but it really wasn't until. Um, you know, you brought it up and I really dug in and like saw the nuances in here. Yeah. So I don't know. Are, are there any in here that you really like or want to see enacted? So there's a couple that I didn't mention earlier. There is one that would eliminate the five second closely guarded rule. So meaning if you're guarded for currently, if you're guarded for five seconds closely, but you don't do anything, uh, it's a turnover. I, you rarely see it called because players move the ball so often now, but I mean, I think I think that one makes sense. They would eliminate offensive basket interference after the ball hits the ring or flange, which basically that's an NBA rule. So you can't like for putback dunks and stuff, um, like it wouldn't be goaltending if you if once it hits the rim, it's fair game for everyone. Um, you can the another one is permitting the use of instant replay on all basket interference or goaltending calls throughout the game but only when a call has been made by an official. So if there's a potential goaltend and the official calls it, then you can review that and see if they actually, if that's true. Now, the only thing is that you can't review it if it's not called. So, I mean, if they do make this a rule, the refs are going to have to be told to call things more often than, than they think. Um, the other the other couple are just kind of weird. You know, they would allow laptop or tablets on the bench for coaching purposes, which they don't currently, which I think is interesting. And the other one is they would uh, a lane change widening to 16 feet. So they'd make the lane a little bit wider um, for five second rule stuff. Um, so I, I think it's interesting. But the, the one I really like is um, the resetting team fouls at the 10 minute mark of each half, which would eliminate the one and one. I think that one is probably interesting and would make it the most like the NBA. You know, the, the women's uh, NCAA women's already do that. They already, they have quarters just like the NBA, but they also don't have a one and one uh, like the men do. So it, I think that would be an interesting and kind of make it more like all the rest of the, all the rest of the things. How do you feel about eliminating the one and one? Um, I, to be honest with you, I kind of like the one and one, um, and it's kind of a weird rule, um, in the sense that like the NBA doesn't do it. Like to my knowledge, uh, the, I don't think they do it internationally, but it's Mm -hmm. also kind of like interesting how college basketball is literally the only like league of basketball that operates with two halves instead of four quarters. Um, so I don't know. I kind of like the uniqueness of the one and one. Mm -hmm. I think it creates interesting moments. Um, but you know, that's my two cents. I totally get why they might want to eliminate it. I think the only, I, I agree with you, by the way, I really like the one-on-one. I I think it is so interesting and there's so many 
like times in games where teams can make a comeback because a team will miss the front end of a one and one and you know the other team scores and then all of a sudden it's really close i think it can create more intrigue but it also can create just like a that i feel like there's sometimes a sense like it's not (laughs) it creates more pressure unnecessary pressure on a player to make that first shot and if that's the case then they might not score so I, i i guess the reasoning behind it would be that it's unfair to the players but i don't know i i kind of i think it would be interesting i didn't say i would prefer it i think it'd be interesting um the other one that i think is really and i think this should be should be a rule change is changing the travel rule to allow a player two steps after the pivot foot is lifted up uh which would make the spin move euro step and step back legal uh how do you feel about that yeah, I mean, that's the way the game is heading. Yeah. Um, so wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it. No, and I think it would just make it more a little bit more interesting in the college game uh, on the offensive end as well because the NBA already does that, and so it would be good to see. I think it would be good to see that personally. Rob, are there any other ones that you like, dislike, don't want, think we need uh, from this list? Um, You know, honestly, like a lot of them – I'm going to need like to be sold on uh-huh. like the idea, especially, um, you know, thinking of like the change ball going to the deep or the help ball going to the defense. Yeah. Um, I get what they're trying to do there and like reward the team that creates the opportunity, but like, that's why you have the possession arrow as well. Mm-hmm. So, and then like you get the next opportunity. So I don't know. Um, so yeah, I mean, long story short, I mean, I, none of these right now I'm like, ready to like say yes i want this but you know if if someone sells me on it like i think i could can i on board can i sell you on the defense getting possession can i try give me your best shot so i i kind of like it and i would say i like it because the offense so many rule changes are made for the offense right like the, the the if if this goes through the travel rule eliminating the one and one um you know the the rules about uh, widening the lane and uh, everything like that would help the offense as well. I think six foul rule uh, would help the defense as well, but also the, the idea that, you know, if the defense is good enough and they get their hand on the ball and they create those things, they should be rewarded for that. So a lot of times that happens and then half the time your team doesn't get the ball, right? Because, you know, it's a tie up. So, I think I'd like to see it just because it would give the defense a little bit more of a advantage over the offense, which in a lot of times the game is trying to move away from, you know, they want to see more offense, less defense. So if you can get the defense a little bit of a, what's it called? A advantage. I would like that. Did I sell you or no? Yeah. You know, I, I hadn't really thought of it that way as the rest of these kind of benefiting the offense and that one benefiting the defense. So mm-hmm. That's an interesting way to frame it. Um, yeah, I, I'm more open to it, I guess, okay. hearing that side of it. Okay. But yeah, uh, I'll need to think it through, but yeah, I like it. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Rob, if you don't have any other you know, thoughts about the rule, potential rule, I keep saying rule changes, potential rule changes, <laughs> uh, let's, I, I think in this, in this show, we've been going on for quite a while about um, not a lot of stuff, but, <laughs> but, you know, it's been fun. So, one thing I do want to mention before we end is the men's tennis team today did win the ACC championship. So congrats to them. First time since 2017. So they've been, ever since Bolin left, um, they've not been as good. But, I, you know, it's good to see them back on top. And hopefully they do well in the NCAA tournament as well. Yeah, dude, I did see the tennis team. That's pretty hype. And from what I understand, not that I'm a tennis expert, but I think North Carolina is pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, definitely hype to see that kind of also in other news um men's lacrosse and so men's lacrosse loses to syracuse yesterday mm-hmm. um thanks to just a huge disparity at the face-off x we yeah. lost that battle like 24 to 6 or something like that wow. like something crazy but but we've um, been really good at uh, pd lasalle has been so good for us this season so that's been that's uh, know, was, unfortunate it makes it even weirder but um yeah so part of the uh, since there's more ACC games this year due to COVID and rescheduling and what have you, 
they're not doing the ACC men's lacrosse tournament. Mm. So the NCAA men's lacrosse tournament doesn't start for another three weeks. And Syracuse was our last game. Interesting. So, yeah, we're going to have a three-week break now between the last regular season game and then at the NCAA tournament. So yeah. interesting dynamic there, but we'll see how it plays out. That is interesting. So hopefully we'll see where we get seated for that too. Update on baseball. They're, they're doing okay they're at around 500 they just won their series against duke this weekend but it'll be tough for them to get into the ncaa tournament without um you know basically winning all the rest of the series as well as their you know midweek games so we'll see how that goes and that would actually that would break our streak for making it to the ncaa tournament each year um i think since like oh nine or before that like maybe since brian o'connor has been here so you know, we'll see how that goes. But otherwise, it's been really fun to talk to you, Rob. Glad you can make it. Sorry you're feeling bad, but uh, hopefully, hopefully you get it checked out. And we will uh, see y'all next time. So make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Snapchat for all the bonus content at Guys and Ties Pod. You can go ahead and follow us on uh, iTunes and Spotify as well. And we will see y'all next time. Go Hoos. Go Hoos.